Hey, we're getting ready to go. Yeah, the movie starts in an hour, so you want to pick up some lunch first. Hang on, let me finish this boss fight in my game, and then I can save. What game is this now? You're just a bunch of kids piloting a giant tank. Oh, look at the cute dogs and cats. I don't think you're doing so hot. The game says you're about to lose. That's okay, I've got a backup plan. Aw, oh, and the little puppy girl. She's the most adorable thing ever. And into the soul cannon you go. So soul cannon? What? What's... Oh, oh, oh God! You used that little girl to power the cannon? Yep, it's this game, I win, but look, it just wiped out the other tank. Oh my God, this game, this game is sick. You're, you can't do that again, can you? I mean, 12 kids, 12 chapters. If you play right, you can use a kid every chapter if you want. Well, what the hell is wrong with you? That, that That's it. I'm out of here. You're deranged. I'm, I'm gone. That is gross, man. Oh, come on. It's just a game. I'm not actually killing kids. Not the cannon part. That's cool as hell. I can't believe you're playing a game with furries. So you don't have a problem with me stuffing children in cannons, but you draw the line at furries? Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Hey baby, hear the game to call in. Backlogs growing at a long rate. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Off he gamers. Kev will set you straight. <laughs> but Matt don't know what to do with those saga games or FFA. He's playing again. Neptunia games all over this place. What is a boy to do? Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly RPG news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly RPG feedback show, and us, your bi-weekly RPG nostalgia show. I am your host, Kelly Ryan, and with me as always, the Kananu to my Philodeco, my podcast partner in crime, Mr. Matt Mason. Wow, you know, sometimes I haven't played these games and I totally get the reference. Tonight, I have absolutely no idea what that's about, though. But I'll be, uh, I'm here. <laughs> uh, weird, weird cat and dog game for, or names for a uh, game in a series that we've talked about before. That I feel like this is the most mainstream title in the series. Um, uh, jo joining us is Josh Carpenter. Hey there. Cassandra Ramos. Hello, everybody. Hello. Sorry. Yeah. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> Internet's a little odd t tonight. Uh, no, I just introduced you, so it's fine. Um, and Ryan Costa. Let's stuff some kids in some cannons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you couldn't tell, we're talking about Fuga Melodies of Steel. You, you would think that that was the only thing to this game, g given the, all, all the jokes <laughs> we made. Uh, I think that was the only thing we joked about the entire time uh, doing news stories on this on RPG cast. Yep. <laughs> And, and then I buy the game, and it's like, well, yeah, that is a part, but if you're good, you don't have to worry about it, I and guess. It's, yeah, it's, and it's not hard to be—it's easy to be good at playing this game. Fairly easy. Um, so, for, for once, we're being timely, because we're recording this about, what, two, a week out before the sequel was released? Uh, a week and a day. Um, so, if, if you're listening to this right now, you can listen to it as a recap for the original game. Just beware that we are going to spoil the hell out of the original game. 
But luckily, we. W- <laughs> I also wanted to do it before the sequel came out so that my brain wouldn't be tainted by the sequel. Because I don't know if you guys have that problem when you're talking about a game with a sequel. It can definitely happen. Depends on how close the uh, lead knit the characters and story happen to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with this one being a direct sequel, um, it'd be pretty hard not to compare to talk about one without talking about the other so uh, a little bit of time separating is definitely warranted here but I, I don't know about you but this was probably one of my favorite games of 2021 most certainly most certainly is definitely yep. one of my favorite. one of mine um actually i think we wrote a ton of uh blurbs for it for the uh game of the year awards that year it, it did very well in our game of the years mm-hmm. <laughs> The perfect game for us. Um, so, so obviously we're dying to talk about it. So we're going to have a brief musical interlude. And then when we come back, we're just going to dive right into Fuga. Stick around. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are talking about Fuga, Melodies of Steel from CyberConnect 2, released worldwide on July 29th, 2021. Gosh, it almost seems like it was two years ago. Where, did, where does time go? Um, I, I wonder that this is CyberConnect 2's first self-published game. Mm-hmm. It's interesting for such a long-running developer to have uh, chosen this one as their first self-published, though. I mean, we said during the Solo Robo backtrack that this this series is kind of their baby that they covet and protect very much because they um, put, put so much time into the lore. So it, it completely makes sense, and I'm I'm glad it's self published because uh, c- uh, Solo to Robo didn't do that well. Uh, this one didn't do that well either. But we'll get to that later, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. A 327 million yen budget, which is about 2.4 million in dollars, um, only made about yeah, only made about half of its money back, which is really kind of surprising to me because they marketed the crap out of this, and it's on pretty much every console. Um, so, so you know, people have plenty of opportunities to play it. It, it makes me wonder if the price kind of turned people away or. I know yeah, at least we, we, a, go ahead. I know there's a few people just like that really want to get this game physically. So, but I can't imagine it be that many people. Yeah, uh, that, there's always that, those people. Yeah. That problem too, because they said that they wanted to release it physically before the pandemic, but then after the pandemic, it just was not feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm sure you know, like it felt they they priced it at forty bucks, and then that falls into that weird place of like you know it's not impulse purchase but then it gets that 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 bad taint of like being a budget title mm-hmm. for with some people mm-hmm. so um so yeah uh covid nearly killed this game it was supposed to come out in 2019 or uh and then was d- delayed and then or delayed to 2020 and then delayed further because of covid i think they were going to release all three parts of the trilogy uh at once at least that's that's what i was reading on the wikipedia article um, 
so yeah, kind kind of a miracle we even got this. And I, as much as I would love a physical copy, and I was hoping it would do well enough to get physical one, it's probably not going to happen. At least not until all three. If I imagine if it's going to happen, they they would wait until all three games are out. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so so this is part one of the crap. I said it the other. I said it earlier, and I completely forgot the Vengeance trilogy. Uh, this being the first game in the trilogy, and you're you're playing as a team of kids in a giant tank um, in a war torn country, basically kind of like World War Two, but not really. You're fighting the Burman Empire instead of the Germans because mm-hmm. they're and- Dobermans. <laughs> Wow, that's funny. I didn't even notice that. And the country itself that that you're in is kind of based off of France. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, they there's only two voice tracks in this game: Japanese and French. Yes, and for the most part, they're all it's mostly Japanese people speaking both, except for the French narrator. Yeah, um, I, I think I did my voice acting in Japanese just because that's the default. I probably should have done it in French just just for the giggles because wasn't. It's a little robo, all in French. Yes, I, I did both. Okay. And yeah, like it's pretty obvious that only the French narrator is, you know, the only native French speaker. She's apparently an act, like does a lot of voice acting for the French language video games. Uh, her name is Adeline Chatel, according to this. Uh, okay. So at, at the beginning of the story, um, a bunch of kids or. These kids that live in a small village basically have their parents kidnapped and the village destroyed, and they're running away from the Burman Empire and end up in a cave, and that's where they find the Tanneris. And yeah, the Tanneris is your ancient giant tank. um, With a mysterious voice that that keeps telling you to, you know, do stuff. Yes, it's apparently being broadcast over the radio. Apparently, yeah. And then late, later, she gets a holographic projection. Um, so, so, the, so that first chapter, that's your tor- tutorial chapter, teaching you how to pl- um, play the game inside the tank. And you have uh, th- three different positions that you can um, p- put the kids into. Uh, and each kid coordinates to a different type um, weapon type. So you've got the the blue cannons, the air the airborne alt- artillery, the yellow cannons, which are the ground based artillery, and then the red cannons, which could do either or. Yeah, and, it and does more damage, but it's less accurate. The yeah, yeah, cannons. yeah. Um, and, and the whole gameplay loop is basically just kind of a turn-based strategy game where you're using the different cannon types to take out different weaknesses from the enemy tanks. And if you hit the weakness, you will delay uh, the attack a little bit. Well, sometimes a little bit, sometimes a lot, depending on the attack. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Grandia, but it's not an active time battle. It's still turn-based. But I I appreciated that tactic because, Ben, you really have to think about, okay, well, who do I use when? Um, and you can equip up to six of the kids to each slot. Um, so if you say, if you run into a place, a fight that's all airborne and and you have cannons equipped, you can switch uh, some of the slots to airborne if you have them equipped. (laughs) The the complexity comes when you start recruiting more kids um, because you get up to 12. So trying to figure out which ones you're going to bring to battle, bring to battle, you really need to cover all of your bases. It's, uh, it does allow for like, cause you can 
swap out and then three turns later swap out if you need to again so mm-hmm. the battle starts and you happen to have no uh, machine gun blue cannon users and they're it's all blue cannon well you can swap those around and uh just have if you have the uh kids available for it yeah yeah you uh, do have to take care that uh you make the right choice why is this because uh, otherwise um you can you cannot change your mind before that three turns is up mm-hmm. um so, so it's it's a lot of keeping an eye on what what's be being presented to you and adjusting accordingly um, and each each kid also kind of has different abilities and different sub abilities depending on uh, who you're paired up with and their friendship level. Um, and, and pairing up each kid uh, helps increase your friendship level too. Um, so, so, for example, Sheena, one of the cat characters, has a passive um, SP regen. If she's a backup character, so an SP is basically like your MP for special abilities. Um, so I, I ended up pretty keeping her around almost throughout the entire game, uh, just because otherwise you have to waste. I think it's like energy batteries to re- replace your SP. Pair pack. Yeah, and items are very limited in this game. In this oh, game, yeah. there's, you don't have, actually like because it's during a war. There's no currency, and you have to barter things, and mm-hmm. you might get drops during battles it's you know it's surprise so it's a it's a it's, sp is a is a limited resource it hp is a bit easier to uh to uh to heal since there are multiple healer characters or at least mm-hmm. multiple characters with healing abilities yeah um so, so any any character or anything that can re- replace sp is extremely valuable um you you can also use items like either repair kits to heal or a uh, special ammunition that causes like uh status effects or um armor piercing bullets that help take out like armor charges yeah, on the it, tanks you'll, yeah you'll be needing those a lot too or and you're going to be losing a lot like the uh it's the uh the um, machine gun characters that are able to do armor piercing, and you're gonna want likely gonna want at least one during most for, for most battles, since a lot of the them have uh, mm-hmm. multiple armor levels to break through. Mm-hmm. And and then going going through the maps themselves. Um, so the 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 tank is kind of driving through the countryside in a side scrolling view, and you see the map up top of what route you can take. And at the beginning, well, let me rephrase that. Um, you can run over item boxes or get into encounters or and, and the, the encounters on the map sort of telegraph how hard they are because if they're I, I think if they're like glowing red they're really difficult um, so you kind of got to balance as you're going through the game okay what route am I going to take am I going to go up and take on this kind of easy set of enemies and get through it pretty quickly or am I going to go to the bottom route for the dip- more difficult enemies that are probably going to tear me a new one but give me better item drops yeah yeah because uh, it's not like open world you you just Every so often, the the routes just branch. It's kind of on rails, and you get to pick, like, okay, am I going to take the easy route, the normal route, or the hard route? And it it tells you up front, like, which one's which. Yeah, um, and then some of those branches kind of branch off into their own branch, or mm-hmm. um, what what is it? Like, you might have one that does doesn't branch off, but then leads to a harder battle later. It, it's 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 like you got to pay so much attention to every decision you make in this game otherwise you're gonna screw yourself over uh, at least that's what i was worried about i pretty much went 
the easy routes the entire that my first playthrough um just so that i could get through the first uh playthrough me me i was kind of like bouncing back and forth like oh my characters kind of get banged up it's like okay maybe take the easy route if everybody's got high health like Mm -hmm. maybe i can risk it and take the hard route so you can get better uh better equipment or you know better materials that you can then craft into better equipment yeah because then every every so often you'll run into an intermission scene and that's where the tank stops and um just like a trails game you have only so many uh action points that you can spend so you could either spend time with characters to raise their friendship levels or cook food to um raise your stats for the next block of fights um, there, there's a gardening section eventually for making food. There is a fishing section for f- fishing up materials. And then, of course, there's the spot to upgrade your uh, cannons and armor and all of that. And pretty much everything you do causes, that, uh, causes action points. Oh. And lo- luckily, they give you enough action points to let you do at least one everything on the tank at least once you, you didn't happen to mention my favorite intermission activity of the expeditions oh the yeah right um, uh, it's just a lot of fun you, you swap over to a side score in some ways it almost feels like a plat like puzzle kind of game mm-hmm. yeah, and, it, yeah oh god sorry oh uh, and like just trying to uh, maximize that you have to find things like toy bullets to shoot through walls or take down enemies. But if you use too many of them, you're not able to break through and collect as many resources as you could normally. It's a thoughtful little side quest. Mm-hmm. Are the resources you get from the expeditions also pretty powerful? Yes, they are. Uh, you often need them for up- upgrading the various parts of the tank. Yeah, because... Um... For example, like the garden, if you upgrade the garden, you can have more plots to grow more plants. Um, you have to upgrade the workshop to be able to, you know, bust the cap on um, upgrading your tank further. Mm-hmm. And I think for upgrading the the scrap fishing, you get better materials. Uh, each of the new rods needed to get the higher level uh, scrap fishing are found in the expeditions. Right, right. Um and then on top of all of this, when you first start out your intermission, it shows a list of what each kid wants to do. And you have to keep your kids' morale high um, because if they get low, they won't be able to fight. That if they if if you get it high, they can enter hero mode during battle, which has various very special effects. So you at least want to try to get everyone's up. Do what everyone wants to do throughout the, the intermission if you can it may not always be possible depending on exactly what you're aiming for like oh i really need to raise the you know really need to raise the tank the uh tank's main cannons say but of course some characters might actually want to do that so it's all about planning accordingly yeah uh, um what always drives me nuts is when three when it's like two kids want one male and two other kids want another male and it's like okay well who do i make happy here because i only have time to get one meal well it's lucky when it's the same meal because if you cook it once all of them like anyone who says i'm hungry or i want like cake Mm -hmm. if you make cake all the people that are hungry and all the people that have want cake are happy about it. And if there's a fourth character that wants to cook in the mess room, you make them cook it. You just got four of them done with one task. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The ones that bug me were always, you know, uh, there's an, enough 
points to be able to do most things in intermission, but unless you needed to use the uh, rest, like have kids sleep in that, there was no uh, other than extra experience. I never found a use for the sleeping aspect. And there's always one kid that's like, I want to sleep. And like, but it costs so much and I have no need to. Oh. Or it's it's really annoying. I find that that's like I like one of the girls says I want an all girl pajama party, but then one of the boys wants to take a nap. So it's just like okay, I'm not going to sleep twice. Go to bed like sleep twice. So too bad for the one of you kids. Yeah, and and then it's even worse if one of the kids is hurt and has to go to the infirmary, um, and you have to to pick their action too. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, you really have to work on your friendship points, not only for story reasons. Um, but the higher your friendship is, the better the kids will do in battle and also activate their hero mode and um, activate their passive abilities, too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you don't happen to do the intermission quests for the character, of, I don't think they can get their hero mode until the next time you go in and then you do their quests again. So doing the quests are very important that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you were mentioning... Uh, if kids want to speak to each other, they're able to uh, raise ranks with each other, which allows them to do link attacks. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that was basically what ended up being how I went through the game, is just trying to gather as many people's links, link attacks as possible. Uh-huh. So if we were mentioning about routes we went through, I ended up going through normal the most because uh, safe mode had less combat, Hard mode had you'd have to use some link attacks to complete it, while normal had slightly more like you'd be able to build up link uh, very quickly because if your uh, kids don't aren't friends with each other because uh, you have to raise the rank from uh, their friendship rank from one to two to get their link attack, and once you uh, get your their link attack, they're able to every time you use an attack and they're linked together in the uh, tank that's the word i'm looking for and when they're linked together in the tank each attack gets like eight percent up and once you reach 100 percent, they're able to do a really powerful attack uh-huh. um so some of these attacks can do like like um soxes for example can cause a ton of status effects um which which unlike a lot of rpg statics status effects um are not useless in this game and that they can really mean the difference between kind of life or death um i personally preferred the fire one the best or putting things on fire because that meant that it did a little bit of extra damage and for me the more damage the better though um i thought that the smoke one was pretty handy too um basically made enemy takes miss more yeah and the paralysis one was pretty useful too yeah i got very lucky with the paralysis one often so that's the one i uh weakness i don't know if I ever really noticed much of a difference, but I still tried to use it to see if I could tell if the enemy's attacks were going any lower or as uh, there's we- uh, weakness and there was the unlucky. Uh, I'm not sure I've really figured out how either of those worked fully. I believe unlucky meant uh, critical hits hit more. Okay. So if your enemy's unlucky, they get more critical. You, your side gets more critical hits against them. But also bear in mind the enemies can inflict a lot of these status effects on you, too. Mm-hmm. Um, which could be very annoying. And if your kids get too stressed in battle, they won't be able to use their special abilities. And if they get injured, 
um, if I can't, I can't remember now. If they get injured really bad, they can't participate the next fight. Yeah, they yeah. can't unless they uh, like heal up in the dormitory. Right. Yeah. Um, the, there's a smaller status effect that always seemed to frustrate me because it popped up for the red cannon users, which already have bad accuracy, and that's when they become fearful because it cuts the accuracy in half for a couple of turns. So I'm like, okay, time to attack. Like, what do you mean my uh, this ability now has 20% chance of hitting? Right, I remember that. I I think that's what I liked about the battle system. Like everything has a give and take. There's there, there's a lot of balance to the different ways that you can go. It made it made for a really engaging battle system all the way through. Yeah, because um, so there's twelve chapters in the game, and every chapter ends with a pretty epic boss fight. <laughs> um, the first chapter. Is that that's teaching you about the uh, game? Uh, you pretty much have to use the cannon. We haven't brought up the kid cannon yet, even though oh, the soul cannon, yeah, yeah. So the soul cannon is pretty much a one-hit kill. It can destroy anything in the game with one hit, but you have to sacrifice one of the characters in it, and that they, they are perma dead. They're not coming back. Um, the first area kind of gives you a free one just to show you what happens if you don't or if you do use the cannon that it makes all of the kids depressed you you lose you you lose that character for the rest of the game and it sucks so they're like well we're gonna rewind every, you know you, your kids lose lost so we're just gonna rewind time just this once <laughs> so that you know that you have I do like the happens. explanation for yeah I do like the end game explanation for that like apparently like the different uh, routes you take are actually a simulation by the AI that controls the tank <laughs> yeah so hence that's why the best ending is the only canonical one because the rest of them didn't literally did not happen except as a simulation <laughs> um but yeah that that was put in the marketing quite a bit um basically. Well, what I was reading on the Wikipedia is that they wanted to make a game that showed the horrors of war, but also have delightful characters. And boy, they they brought that in spades. <laughs> because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, on the outset, the game is so charming and so cute, and all the characters are adorable, and all this art just... All, all the artwork they've made for this game is just so cute. And then you're playing it, and it's like, oh god, war sucks. <laughs> Stuff that cute little kid in the cannon. Yeah, and there, yeah. there's that, that mad scientist, uh, feel self-hating Philaneco. Uh, Doctor oh. Blood, no, yeah. Bloodworst. That was his name. Bloodworst. He was quite literally the worst. Yeah, because um, because the Burman Empire, I mean, are basically Nazis with the serial numbers filed off more or less. Mm -hmm. um, not quite as mean, but still. Um, I, th I think this game only got a team rating, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, so not quite, not quite a bloody war game, but it's still pretty. Gets pretty dark in some areas, especially when it talks about parent, uh, kids. Some of the kids' parents is getting killed. Um, though most of the time the parents just get kidnapped. Um, I mean that's the crux is that you're trying to go to this one camp to uh, save your parents. But um, yeah, some of those boss fights at the end of the chapter were pretty tough. Um, particularly the ones that you had to take out the uh, radio antenna, otherwise they would summon reinforcements. Yeah, I can see how that would be difficult for people, but the way I ended up doing things, uh, most once I 
got my uh, rhythm down, the game was like boss fights were the easiest thing. There was mm-hmm. I didn't have trouble with any of them. I mean, yeah, most of the boss fights just involve. Okay, there's a really powerful enemy that they can either summon reinforcements or they have a mega attack that you have to uh, delay before it goes off, or they have a bunch of armor that they have, you have to deal with. You know, just very strategic battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can even use defense in a in a useful way if you can time exactly when a big attack is going to happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember which one it was. I think it was the maybe the Doctor Blotwurst one where. Like the game lies, to, you know, like it. it's one of those boss battles where it's like, oh, you know, three turns until the big attack. And then that's the one mm. where it lies to you. It does it a turn early. And that was yeah. the one oh, where I yeah. nearly died. Where, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, yeah, I was exactly. like, oh, yeah, I've got three turns. I got one more to go for, you know, before I heal and, you know, do defense. Stuff. And then it's just like, nah, nah, we lied. We're going to yeah. do that big attack oh, right, one, or, right. one turn early. That was blood worst, I remember, because it goes three, two. And he's like, three, two. Did I say two? I meant now. <laughs> uh, the one I actually had the toughest uh, fight with was one of the earlier chapters has these two really veteran older enemies so I would, let's see if I can find their names Von Baum and Von Stolen maybe I think uh, so um, yeah yeah. And they're like really elderly uh, canine uh, canine yeah, Canino. Yeah, Canino. And uh, it was just, there's have so much health at the time, and you don't have a full complement of crew, really. So it was just, they were able to go through their rotation so many times, I just couldn't take down their health fast enough. So it was one of the times I had to use health uh, repair kits more most often. Mm-hmm. See, a, a lot of those fights that had a, a gimmick or had, had something that you had to deal with, um, once I figured out the gimmick halfway through the fight or figured out a better way to deal with it, I would end up restarting and starting to fight over again so that I knew wh- what I was doing. Um, yeah, I did that on my first playthrough it, a few times, too. I ended up just doing the cheap method of, I have ever, like literally every link attack. I have 15 of them that just will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, even though they, you know, like once your health gets low, the game starts offering you the option of using the the soul cannon. Like even then, you still don't have to use it, even if you uh, fail. You know, like you, the game always gives you the option to basically go back to the last intermission. You can just like, you know, try it again, basically. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I... I figured out pretty quick that as, as long as you kind of went into a fight with a strategy um, and, and, you know, just kind of waited out their turns and, th- and thought about it for a little bit, you could get through a lot of the boss fights pretty easily. Um, that, then the, the boss fights in the last couple of chapters got pretty difficult. And that first playthrough, I did end up cannoning a couple of kids, uh, mainly because I, I knew that you, I, I you knew that kids, Kelly. Yeah. Well, I knew that the game was going to have a new game plus, so I wanted to see the bad ending, well, the quote-unquote sort of bad ending first, um, so that I could then go through and do some of the harder routes and really upgrade my tank. Shooting kids out of the cannon is only sort of bad ending? Yeah, because the really, the really, really bad ending is if you sacrifice everybody, uh. which I didn't know that was in the game until... I was uh, doing my research this week because it's like I didn't want to cannon all of them just to see what would happen. That would be just mean. <laughs> be too depressing. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. Um, yeah, it is kind of depressing when you uh, 
do you use soul cannon because all of the other characters like really mourn who's missing um and each character has like a different dialogue choice or different dialogue when you go into the canon and depending on their personality uh, some of it's pretty pretty sad like uh i was reading that kyle the uh cat that's kind of the emo kid that (laughs) that i mean i want to say he's emo he's kind of the kid that just doesn't really care um is very for school yeah too cool for school very apathetic um when he goes into the soul cannon he goes um nobody will miss me um i don't want to die but i don't want my friends to die either nobody will miss me anyway and then it turns out that no that they say that they do miss him which is heart heartbreaking. Mm. Um, gosh, who else did? I think I ended up putting Wapa in the canon, and I can't remember her dialogue. <laughs> no one was sad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank thank God I'm not the only person that hated her. She she, she <laughs> she's a little amusing. Dislike, and I, I found her a little amusing, especially the way she like pretend. Uh, like she. How do I put that? Uh, like she pretended to be the leader, and when she tried to get away with something, she'd hide it as well as she could. Yeah, um, she she kind of got on my nerves. Though to to yeah. be fair, the twins kind of got on my nerves too. Yeah, um, they annoyed me too. Just kind of going going into the characters a little bit. You've got uh, Malt the Coos, the quote unquote leader, um, and, and he's old. He's the oldest, and he'll always remind you of that. Yeah, and then my his little sister who is the youngest and um, definitely the most childish of the bunch. Um, then you've got got Kyle, the apathetic one. You've got Baron, the kind of chubby, cowardly one, um, who ended up being my favorite, by the way, just because he's such a cute little cinnamon roll. He was my favorite because of the very unique sound that I'm like, this is the most adorable sound on the planet. Because when you walk past him in the intermission, he's always eating and goes, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> like, that is the best sound ever. <laughs> And he likes Paul Buns, which I, as much as that game talked about Paul Buns, I wanted to try one of those. I figured they'd be similar to Jelly Donuts. That's just how they, <laughs> how I picture it. Yeah. It tasting like. Um, You've got Hannah, who is the cat that's kind of the uh, motherly one of the group. Um, Sheena, the, one of the ones that you meet during, over the course of the game. Um she's the kind of quiet shy one but she's also the only uh character that has magical powers um because apparently cats in the little bronx tail universe are capable of magic mm-hmm. and her story was kind of tragic because um she was capable of magic and the empire tried to get her to join the empire because of the experiments and she was always felt guilty that her powers um caused a lot of trouble for her family which I, I thought was kind of sad. So of course she ended up being one of my favorite characters. Yeah, and yeah, the, she's mine. Mm-hmm, she's mine too. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the most useful one because uh, she has that passive SP regen, which is a godsend in some of those harder fights. Uh-huh. Um, you've got the twins, Chick and Hack, who their their whole shtick is that they call, they caused mayhem and mischief. Um, I find them to be kind of annoying. Uh, let's see. You've also got Jen, um, who, who I read was supposed to be a dachshund, but they couldn't figure out how to get his short legs to work into anthro form, so they changed him to a basset hound. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, which is funny because I thought he looked a little bit dachshundish, but he's the mechanic that you run into later in the game who really hates the Burman Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked about Wap. We talked a little bit about Wapa, but she's the t- tomboy, and you run into her by crashing the Tanneris into her tree, and she joins you because the tree is basically her home that you wrecked. Oh, I forgot um, Socks Million, who's the dirty kid. Sorry, I completely forgot Socks. I found him to be one of the more useful ones, too, because um, his he's a cannon, no, wait, no, a ground troops person, and he can cause a lot of status effects. Fun story. I also kind of forgot about socks. And in the uh, first training mission, where they like, we have to make you put someone in the soul cannon. I'm like, who would I remember the least? Oh, right, socks exists. So I had him go in the cannon. Yeah. Um, though interestingly enough, socks is one of the only characters that uh, has a link to Silita Robo because um, he's related to. Gosh, what's the name? Uh, um, Drag. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Merville Million. Um, yes, the uh, the scientist lady from the Francois Tarobo. Yeah. Um, so th- I thought that that was a neat little connection. Um, confirmed to be her and Red's ancestor. Um, it, it, she, mm-hmm. I think he even has a comet that re- references it, but I can't remember what. He's, he pictures designing a tank with legs, which is probably like, like a robot, basically. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And then the, the last character you end up recruiting is a kid from the German Empire, or the, sorry, Berman Empire, I'm going to do that a lot, called uh, Brit Strudel. Um, and he he doesn't get along with the other kids, surprisingly enough, because they don't trust him. And interestingly enough, you have to get all of his friends, you have to get his friendship up with everybody to at least level two. Mm-hmm. And I I tried this. The game will not let you stick him in the cannon. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, he, he can, but it's just the, that'd be the worst way possible because he becomes available to put in the cannon after you get uh, friendship levels up with everyone. He comes back, uh, he leaves the party, he's able to come back because everyone's friends with him. That final chapter, you can put him in the cannon. Yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't try it after uh, he became, or he realized that everybody liked him. I tried it beforehand because I knew that that chapter was coming up, and I wanted to see how the game had dealt with that, and they dealt with it by not letting you do it. Um, <laughs> so that's one of the more important st- story characters because, yeah, he uh, leaves the party and then comes back. Um, you find out that the main bad guy, um, I think it's General Hacks. Yes, Schwein Hacks. Schwein Hacks, who is the leader, has has been manipulating him. His whole uh, thing is that he's looking for his parents, too. And when he leaves, um, interestingly enough, if if you've raised your friendship enough, the other kids find his parents. And that's how you basically get him to come back. It's like, no, we found your parents. They're safe. Um, otherwise, you have to fight him. That's the well, most you fight him, but you have to. Though. You'd be forced to kill him because you fight him, and then you you don't need to. Oh, he kills himself. He gets himself yeah. killed. I think. Yeah. 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 He kills himself, and the that's why like he, his story is the most tragic. If you're not able to get the best route, because when you befriend him, he shows you a picture of his parents or a parent and a sister. You find the parent and sister uh, in the camp because you you see the photo and he just missed seeing them by like five minutes. Uh-huh. So if, if you know that, like, cause like I went through, got that ending and then I've read what happens after. Cause I was curious and it's like, I don't know what happened to my family. It's terrible. And then he 
kills himself because he thinks they're gone. And I'm like, they were right there. Just turn around. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, if you do, because I think I did end up canoning him. No, wait, no, because he died. That's right. Um, if you finish the game and you don't get the true ending, the game kind of nudges you like, hey, uh, make friends with everybody, specifically a certain character. Um, oh. I mean, the game makes it very obvious that if the, there's anybody that you need to raise friendship levels, it's him because they need to be able to trust him and have him kind of feel loved in return. Um, Maybe it was through one of the more recent updates. I played the game. Uh, there was a lot of updates that went through uh, Fuga this year. I played it. I actually just finished it a week ago. And when Brits first joins, it says everyone should be friends with Brits. <laughs> like the game tells you. Oh wow! Basically, word for word, everyone like Brits should become friends with uh, like everyone that he can, like something along those lines. But it straight up says it. See, so I didn't Kelly, know. Yeah, well, I remember Kelly, te- you know, no, like that, texting that, me that, and, that, and basically being like, hey, do you want to get the good ending? Do you want to know how? Like, maybe you should make friends with the last one you get. I'm like, okay, thanks, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, wasn't, yeah I, I wasn't sure with Brits if you had to, like, raise it to everyone to a certain level or at least one character to the highest. And I, well, I couldn't get it to the highest, but thankfully getting to level two was the trick. Mm-hmm. And uh, while we're discussing characters overall, I just want to make sure I didn't get uh, or took an opportunity to mention one of my favorite uh, villains is it's a character named Flam Kish, and I just love how tragic her story is. She's one of the she's the uh, daughter of the pers- first person you fight, and just the amount of honor that she feels she has to have, and is just constantly fighting you simply because she has to try having the empire look at her with like kind not kindness but if you're not strong in the Burman empire you're worthless so she spends the entire time trying to get back the strength and like is hacks gonna trust me again hacks is like i don't care about you but she just how hard she tries in that and it was actually when her daughter her father passes away leads to another tragic moment of how she flips out, hates all the uh, people from Gasco, the country you're in, and she executes one of the character's fathers because she just couldn't handle, like, my adoptive dad is dead. Screw you guys. And I'm like, it's just very well-written character, in my opinion. Yeah. uh, (laughs) It's another one of the things that's, like, such cute artwork, and you have such cute names like uh, Kish and Pretzel, and then you've got war going on. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, Pre- Pretzel was her adoptive father. And with all the cute artwork is probably why I ended up, uh, like, I took it as a, the game's telling you, because when you're in the fights and it says, Sulkan is now active, you can't, because the voice on the radio pops in saying, you can't win. And I'm like, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> I can win. <laughs> so I, I never wanted to put anyone into, uh, if I could physically help it. Like, I will go through every item I have if I need to. But I'm going to prove you wrong, voice. I will win this fight. Um, they, they explain later on that the reason why they have that voice that kind of tells you you can't do it is because the AI is split into two different personalities. Yes, the side that wants to win at any cost and the other side that wants to protect the occupants inside the tank. Mm-hmm. And when it's split, the one that wants that wants to win at any cost 
is the one that's active. And in fact, the whole reason behind the war is that she's been slowly manipulating the uh, Burman Empire to want to find a quote unquote lost god because she wants to retake on this thing, which was a gigantic machine of the of the ancient humans called the Titano Machina and wants to fight it again because it's a again, bloodlust, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I love that part of the game and the, the later parts of the game where the AI, you know, like the voice starts getting more and more a little bit off, a little bit demented and it just keeps going further and further until you get that late reveal. I, I thought yeah. that part of it was great. The voice acting was really, really great and sold that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And then let's let's spoil the true ending um, real quick since we're talking about the AI. Um, so at, at the end of the game, uh, Hax basically finds another giant tank to merge himself into. And you're trying to defeat him. And the, the tank is really tough, and the, the thing is trying to get used to use the soul cannon, and the AI comes out, and it's like, guys, we're at a loss here. What are we going to do? And the, all the kids are like, we're not going to, we swear on our tails, we're not going to give up. And basically, they're, well, I, I say that. The, the AI finds a child in stasis in the tank, and uses that as the life force, but then also all of the kids basically like b- band together and turn Super Saiyan, and that powers this cannon too. <laughs> it's the power of friendship, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The power of friendship powers yes. this. Yeah. Um, and then you destroy the tank, or you destroy the bad tank, and that causes an explosion that basically breaks up the whole continent um, and turns it into the Sky Islands that you play it plan and sold a robo. I I, I appreciated that at the very end when it's like, okay, it still hasn't really gone down. How can we win? It's like, we'll never give up is one of the options, but you do have the option to still pick someone. And that's a complete just, yeah. So they're like, okay, I'm ready for this next hard upcoming boss fight. We're never going to give up. And there was no more fight. And I'm like, oh, if I had picked that other option. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, Power of Friendship. They named the main uh, city Shepherd after the little sheep shepherd that saved the world. And then after the credits, uh, a hooded man shows up. And I can't remember what else happens after that. Well, uh, after that, no, he, well, the, the hooded man is implied, and it has to be implied because of copyright reasons, to be the main villain of Salatarobo, Bion. Okay. And then you, and he's like contemplating what's his purpose. And then, like, it basically says the story continues in another game, and it sh- briefly shows uh, the main character Red in human form because, again, uh, copyright issues, they don't actually own those characters. They being, um, Cyber Connect. Uh, Cyber Connect 2. Yeah. So I, I'm seeing that ending and I'm like, wait. And then I'm, I go grab my Solid Robo manual and start looking up names. Or no, I'm looking it up on my my phone because I couldn't remember because it had been like, what, 10 years since I played Solid Robo. And like, oh, that's what they're going for. And I didn't realize about the copyright <laughs> thing. So those characters <laughs> are probably not going to show up. Well, uh, it, at least not without a, a hood. <laughs> Kind of related to that, just because I've this is the first thing I've played from Cyber Connect 2, never mind a little Bronx Tale. I'm curious because it was really well showcased. There's a extra comic book you can get while talking to people in town between each uh, mission called The Adventures of Sucre. Do, uh, does anyone know if that's actively attached to anything or if it was just a fun little story they made? I, I 
think one of the, the villain character that shows up in there resembles um, the main villain from Tale Concerto. Yeah. Don't know if it's necessarily him, but that's at least a, a, at least an Easter egg. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a neat little side comic, and for some reason, the co- the comic gave me uh, Adventures of Ten Ten vibes. It's, I'm sure yeah. it's deliberate. Yeah. Um, g- given how prominent Ten Ten stuff is in Europe, and this is supposed to take place in Europe, so it would not surprise me. Um, so, so I got the bad ending at first, and then yeah, did a new game plus, and was trying to do do a lot of the harder routes in the new game plus since I was a lot stronger and that let me pretty much max out my all of the uh, upgrades on my tank so I could just blaze through the game at that mm-hmm. point um, and I was trying to finish out the library in this game and because of that I had played through it like four times and maxed out everybody's friendship and pretty much maxed out everything in the tank and I still couldn't find the last entry in the damn library so I look it up, and it involved uh, finding a secret garden, uh, which if if you go to an intermission and you see a kid whose uh, thought bubble says dot, 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 it meant that you're supposed to, um, I think, go to the top of the tank, and you would see a secret, uh, there'd, there'd be like a cutscene that played, and there you would end up in a secret garden, hmm. um, which really frustrated me, because I saw that dot, dot, dot several t- times and thought, well, that kid just doesn't want to do anything. <laughs> And at that point, I was very tired of the game, so I did never did unlock that last library entry, unfortunately. Because um, one of my main complaints about this game that they fixed in a patch is how slow the tank sections are. What aspect of the tank? Like inside the intermission? Or no. I, I uh, it's actually moving up, like, across, across the map, across the countryside, because that yeah. is very sluggish before the updates. Yeah, um, the update that added the uh, speed boost that basically made those segments two, two times, like what, two or three times faster, um, made going in between encounters so much more bearable. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'm like sitting there, okay, browsing Twitter, okay, is something happening? Okay, finally, something's happening. <laughs> And it was like, if I was reviewing the, this game, the, it's like that would have been my one complaint, that the, the 0.5 that would have given it a 4 out of 5 on our site. It's like, just give me a fast-forward button to speed up those sections, because I played through this three times now. Um, I can pretty much one-shot anything. I just want to get through the rest of this so that I can get the best ending. Because I was convinced that if I filled out the library there would be a secret ending. And it turned out that it had nothing to do with that. It was gears gears on the title screen. And because I was playing... Unlocking stuff, but I don't think anyone's completely figured out what they correspond to. Yeah, well, because I played on Switch, so I don't know about you guys, but when I play on Switch, I just put everything in sleep mode for the night, so I don't ever see the title screen again. So yeah. I... I think I had to shut down the game to like do an update or something and then booted it back up and saw like, wait, secret movie. When did I unlock this? Yeah, just today I unlocked that secret movie and I'm still not <laughs> completely sure exactly because I did find a secret garden uh, that I also didn't realize till after play, I first played through how to unlock it. And uh, but it's nothing unlocked yet. And I'm on a third playthrough, just figured, OK, probably have to fill out the uh, the link events. And I didn't go anywhere. I'm still nowhere near finished, and it's unlocked. I don't know what I did differently this time. Yeah. So, um... That's sure it is. I made... I, I, I love the crap out of this game. It was probably one of my favorite games of 2021. 
it was just <laughs> playing through it several times to try and find something that I'd never found was a little bit frustrating and even e- even without a speed boost. Um, and then now I'm so busy trying to finish Yakuza 0 that I wanna, wanted to play through this at least one more time, not only for the backtrack, but for uh, before the sequel comes out next week. And now I have no freaking time to play it. And I've, if I did a new game plus, I could blaze through it very easily, but I just don't have the time right now. Um, that being said, I, I appreciate that they did a content patch that at least kind of fixed some of the issues. Uh, th- they made it so that when you collect your uh, stuff from the garden, that it's just instant when the intermission starts. You don't have to go back down to the garden, um, which is kind of nice. Uh, they they added, quote-unquote, binoculars to the section where you can switch switch kids in battle so that you can actually see what the weaknesses were. Um, because oh, I, I have a memory. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you have a goldfish memory like me and you go to the kid, the section where you swap out your kids, it's like, wait, what colors were on the map again? Well, now you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> and there, then, I didn't know it was there for most of the game. Yeah. And then the, the, what was, oh, and they added the hints to get the best ending. So, uh, and th- the other reason for the recent content patch is so that um, you can have a save file that carry. Well, I say carries over. All it does is give you some bonus stuff in the sequel. Um, but they had to patch that in. So, I, I want to say we covered everything. I think did we bring up that it has two? Yeah, we did. Yeah, the French, French yeah. and Japanese. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the graphics in this game were extremely beautiful. Mm-hmm. They, they did a great job despite this having such a tiny budget of you know taking that money and spending it in really interesting ways where yeah like like you know there's not some sort of um you know gigantic open world that you're exploring but I, you know like the 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 quality of the voice acting the really good art the interesting story, the the cute, interesting characters, kind of makes it really all work anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there's just and there's a lot of extra material too if you want to learn more, like learn more more about the uh, like the like the the lore. You can get like the the gene reports that go into the back history. There's the uh, like the different letters from different people in the uh, Burman Empire to learn about that. What happened in that background? There's a lot to do and a lot to read. I mean, my complaints about the uh, the slow tank sections aside, I like how they have the branch, the different branching paths because that get that just increases replayability like crazy. Because it's like, okay, when I'm more powerful, I want to see how hard some of these hard uh, t- tank battles are on these other paths. And and yeah, even ha- even kind of still being leveled up a little bit, some of those. Fi- fights were pretty challenging um a lot of those enemies had a lot more health and could hit a lot harder and were better about calling reinforcements so doing a new game plus was not a cakewalk those uh, those hard fights down the most dangerous paths i found more difficult than most of the uh, boss fights yeah most of the boss fights once you learn the pattern patterns were pretty easy um, I did have trouble. Well, with- that, and I find it's because, like, a lot of the challenge. Sorry. No, go ahead. 
I said I find what's difficult about like the the dangerous routes is that because uh, there's relatively limited chances to heal between fights, uh, you'll often be going into a fight on not not max you know not your max health. Mm-hmm. So, but for boss fights, there is always that you know the last one great big heal up. So of course you can go in quite literally with guns blazing and full HP. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's something else I was going to say, and I'm blanking on it now. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's right. I did have a little bit of trouble on that very, very last boss fight, and it was mostly because um, most of the other fights, you had to take out the top thing first for the bosses, and this one, you had to take out the bottom one, which I thought was kind of interesting, because it was the bot the bottom part of that fight that was the cannon that counted down and then once that was down you could focus on doing more of the damage up top that was kind of the damage sponge that you were taking out a bit counterintuitive to the rest of the fights yeah so i ended up texting josh that one as well like hey that final boss um focus on the bottom first then the top (laughs) and i don't know (laughs) if that helped (laughs) yes okay (laughs) I I actually really like the uh, fight from the chapter before, which was when you get go against uh, Brits. Because since I'm not sure if it's only when you're uh, friends with them or not, but everyone gets depressed immediately because they don't want to fight their friend, mm-hmm. and they're and Brits on his end doesn't always his heart isn't always in it either so you can't use any special abilities and he alternates between like sometimes he almost even damage himself so it, was, it felt like two friends fighting that didn't want to fight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so just a lot of good touches that marriage story and gameplay in this game um so I don't- many any great details i don't have much to add to it necessarily but uh because for me it was kind of middle of the road but soundtrack there were some good there were some good pieces i thought but uh, i mean it's it's good overall i think like i I think my favorite is the uh track for like during the final chapter uh when you're going across Paris. i think it's even what it's called like burn city of flowers that's a really cool piece because i like the uh the vocal background Mm-hmm. And the boss fight theme too. It's a, it's a, like it's a vocal yeah. song, tra- a flower on the trail. That's pretty great too. God, I, I wish I could remember all of the music in the game, but it feels like it's been forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, plus, I, I did play it a lot of in handheld mode, and I tend to keep handheld modes volume down, um, so that I don't annoy my husband. But um, that that's a me problem. And I can't remember, did the digital deluxe edition come with a soundtrack? It did, yes. Okay. Was it only on the Switch or or how did you claim it? I mean, I got mine on the Switch, so I, I don't know about any other uh, system. Okay. Cause I, I don't remember. remember on Xbox. I know I bought it, but I don't remember how you got it on Xbox. Yeah, because I don't think I bought the digital deluxe edition of this one mainly because there wasn't really anything that interesting um other than the dummy soul that you get so that you could use the cannon at least once without (laughs) having to sacrifice a kid so um yeah speaking of xbox we're talking about availability real quick this came out on everything um well i say everything i say everything jokingly did it come out on stadia i don't think it did probably not okay (laughs) <laughs> everything that's still around yeah <laughs> um so it, it came out of everything it goes on sale all the time it's 40 bucks um it's on game pass right now if you have yeah game pass. yeah and the um, sequel's coming to game pass to boot, to boot yeah so i mean 
if you want to play a charming little game that has an excellent story and has really good strategic battles, uh, you couldn't do better than this game. And like I said, it goes on sale all the time for uh, 30 bucks. Though I'm annoyed because I wanted to pick up the Steam version, and that one hasn't gone on sale in a while. Like, damn it. Maybe it'll go, maybe it'll go on sale for the, with the release of the new one. Yeah, I, I thought it would. Um, because they were advertising it being on sale on uh, PSN and Switch or the eShop, because I, I followed uh, the developer on Twitter um, just because I wanted to know about new um, any new information that was coming out about the sequel. <laughs> I was just found, found myself being very frustrated. It's like the one platform that I wanted to double dip with, and it's not coming out there. Um, and yeah, I'm looking at the platform switch or the platform list right now. So it's Windows, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Um, oh, I didn't know this was made in Unreal Engine, huh? Sorry, got that distracted there. But yeah, um, I, I don't think anybody buying it right now is going to finish it before the the sequel comes out in next on next week. But I don't know. Maybe if you, you just kind of mainlined it. Well, there is another option that I just learned about here. Even though the story does different a bit there they released a manga oh yeah i um that's probably japan only though isn't it uh at least on the uh, little tale fandom site it says that uh ebook releases it doesn't actually say english to be fair it said ebook releases through katakawa which made me think it's possible but yeah Um, i'm sure only available in japanese yeah i'm sure that somebody's working on a fan translation for that because then they fans translate that one huge art book that come came out for little bronx they did. Oh, and did you see those comedies of steel shorts they put up? Those are pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I was I was seeing some of those um, when I was kind of reading about the characters to refresh my memory of while I was eating my dinner tonight, and and those are adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also partly why I follow the uh, developer on Twitter because they share their little artworks all the time, and I just think that that that's adorable too. Um, I, I I just cannot heap enough praise for this game. It's very, very good. Um, it, it, I do remember it won our award for one of the most original titles of 2021. And yeah, the, the, the way the fights played out and the story and everything just felt very fresh. Um, I, don't, I don't know if anybody else has anything to add before we move on to the roundtable. Uh, can't think of anything. One random thing going back to uh, the intermission uh, mentioning the exhibitions. I never missed out on any of them, but uh, to unlock new ones, they actually appear while you're like during the chapter and you're moving across. So sometimes there'll be paths where it's like, I'll take the safe path. Well, if you since you took the safe path, normal route is where the next exhibition can be found. And when you find the exhibitions, they you they allow you to go through it once for free. But I don't know if you miss them if that means you can just never do that i never found that out see i I never found that out either Mm, because i I, whenever i saw an expedition i tried to prioritize it um because it had all those really important upgrade materials that you needed but that's just that that was just how i played Mm. um well i think we're ready to move on to the round table uh because I want to talk about some of our favorite things and our, our uh, personal mem- memories involving the game. So we're going to have another brief musical interlude and then when we come back, it's roundtable time. 
てしない空を見つめ、君は今の今握られた目の中に花びら一枚吹く風がそっと涙を拭う君が見てきた。And welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are now getting into the roundtable portion of our show, where we kind of get into our personal thoughts and feelings.、Um, I ask questions, you guys give answers, and the first and most obvious question for Fuga:、uh, your favorite kid and why?、Uh, so yeah, I had to pick one because I liked a bunch of the kids.、Uh, my favorite was Sheena. Uh, in general, I just like characters that are that start off as shy, introverted, or you know, some self-loathing who slow, slowly over the course of the game grow more into themselves. I like how she shows up to the other children, and she even goes to like her powers, her magical abilities, despite disliking them, practically hating herself because of them.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、um, Sheena's my second favorite.、Um, I'm just gonna go right now, and I, I probably said this in the first segment, but、uh, Baron, because I, I love a soft cinnamon roll boy, and I, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I love chalky cats, and he, he just reminds me of one of one of my chalkers. Aww. And he he's just so sweet and adorable. And <laughs> when I was reading that, apparently in Play testing. He was the one that people、uh, put in the cannon the most because they thought if they survived, he would eat all the food. <laughs> yeah, I, I,、uh, I mean, I didn't know that at the time, but I was, I did for like the the, the first time. You have to put one kid into there. I did pick Boron. I'm so sorry, Boron. Oh, I, I said his name wrong. I said Baron. Boron, the the fat cat.、Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I read that. I was like, well, I I see the logic there, but he's so sweet. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, J- Josh, who's your favorite? Oh, I like so many of them, but I, I guess if I have to pick one, if you're twisting my arm, I'll go with socks because I've always got a soft spot for the kind of nerdy engineers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can see that. Plus, the only character that's a canon ancestor.、Um, what What about you, Ryan? Oh.、Uh, My second favorite would be Boron, just to go off of that a little bit. But if the game had a survival aspect where you had to keep track of like food requirements, I'm I could see where they're coming from.、Mm-hmm. But uh, my favorite, uh, for a similar reason as like Sheena being shy, opening up, are those that are ostracized. So I love Brits. Like so, it wasn't hard for me to try having him be friends with everyone. As a matter of fact, the one who disliked him the most, Jin, who's like. Your empire got killed my parent.、I'm、like I'm gonna make you two be best friends now. <laughs> Smash them together and say, "Come on, kiss." Pretty much. <laughs> so,、uh, Brits ended up being an easy favorite for me, and that's one of the reasons why I mentioned like that.、Uh, my favorite fight、uh, earlier on too was just how well it wove everything together. Yeah, I, I think Brits is my second favorite character of the cast. 
And can we talk about how they put in a character from the op- opposite faction and they don't ham fist the whole enemies to friends thing and just how well written the story was that, you know, he's kind of a victim too. Mm-hmm. And oh, just they, they, that could have gone so bad. And they wrote that so well. Very well. I think what helps is that they are kids because learned behavior tends to be something for more older. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is evidenced with all the villains because you have people like uh, Blue, uh, Worst hates himself, but that was learned. If he was eight, he might just be someone being like, I don't like myself, and then you'd be able to have him grow out of it. So it's almost like looking at each of the villains as someone that it, had they been able to be friends in the way that our team was, maybe they wouldn't have been villains. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, okay. Well, I uh, another important question for a game like this. Um, did you go for a good ending or did you pretty much just live with your choices? I went with the good, I did get the good ending and I, and I tried very hard not to need the cannon and never did done my first playthrough once. I mean, it's not too difficult, but again, it, it is tempting when the tougher boss fights. Uh, but yes, I got the good ending, the, the best ending and including keeping Brits alive. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I also got the good ending the first time through, although Kelly was, you know, poking me with some hints towards the end there. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt some of that stuff I did kind of have to trial and error to figure out on my own, so I figured that it would help for you not have to, to have to worry about that, so... And I appreciate um, it. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I play a game for the first time, I really don't look like looking up a fact uh, to, to get good endings or stuff like that, just because I want to find story stuff out on my own. Um, oh, totally. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that being said, I think I'm a terrible person because I did not intentionally try to go for the bad ending first, but I wanted to at least see what the normal ending, the quote-unquote normal ending would look like if you uh, canned a couple of kids. And plus, I wanted to cheese those last fights because I knew that my second playthrough, I wanted to go for the hard, try to upgrade my tank more and then breeze through the rest of the game. So, yeah, I, I guess I am a bad person because I did get in some kids. But then the second playthrough, I, I raised a lot more friendships and f- figured out that, yeah, you do have to raise Brits' friendship um, considerably. Be- because, well, t- to me, you get him so late that at, at that point, I kind of really didn't feel like messing with his friendship at first. Because uh, I don't think you really have that many chapters to get him to level two before uh, with everyone before he leaves. No, it's just a few chapters. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a challenge. So, uh, so, so yeah, that's what I did. Um, what about you, Ryan? Well, I happen to get a little bit lucky in a few different ways for... Uh, my favorite character being Brits meant it was easy to go for the good ending because I wanted him to be friends with everybody. And I took it as a personal challenge when it was like the, all the kids got set, uh, depressed because they had to sacrifice one of their own. And every time you get low health, it's like, you can't win. I'm like, are you sure? So I never wanted to get to that point because it would be like admitting defeat in a way. So mm-hmm. as a result, I'm like, I'm just going to go th- uh, through and I'm not sure if I'm picking the right decisions. I didn't know I'd get the, I ended up getting the best ending myself, but it just happened to fit with how I felt about the characters. Um, one thing that we didn't mention up to this point and what helped for me with Brits is I actually found the machine gun characters, the blue cannons to be all of them extremely useful. So I used 
them all the time, which made it easier to bring the link uh, links up with them because I constantly was using them. Uh, the uh, yellow grenade launcher ones were kind of uh, were okay and did a lot of status effects. It was actually, unless there was a weakness, I never really used the red cannon people. I found mm. them to be less useful. So I'm just wondering if anyone else had uh, similar thoughts on the characters in battle being useful. I tried to keep my team as balanced as possible. So it, no, I, I didn't pair them like... Uh, blue to blue and red to red and all that i kind of switched them up a little bit but i always wanted at least two of each color on the team mm. um that that way if like a bunch of aerials showed up then i could just swap one of the one of the other ones to blue and t take them out and then swap back or if there was a whole bunch of ground units take the aerial guys out and have uh red and um yellow on on my team and plus i also paired up based off of the usefulness of the pairings too which is why i use sheena and Mar um, squirrel cat's name melina oh, sorry okay. i'm so bad with names anna hannah yeah hannah right um i used uh, sheena and hannah a lot because uh, obviously Shana with the passive um, SP regen, but also Hannah had a passive HP regen oh. at high levels. And then, you know, Bar Baron hit like a truck. Um, I'm sorry, Boron hit like a truck. And then Jen, I, I liked his abilities. Socks, I liked his abilities to um, do a lot of status effects. And then I think Kyle, I ended up using quite a bit, but I can't remember what he was good at. I just uh, at, at armor piercing, he, he had he he was the only one I no I, no Brits got it too, but they got uh like ability to to uh, pierce through three levels of armor. So that was yeah. very cool on those really high armored. Yeah. Uh, you can multi-attack flying units, too. Yes. Yeah, because that was one of the aspects I hated the most was dealing with armored units. Mm. Um, just because it would throw off my rhythm so bad. So having him to be able to pick off some of those was, was kind of nice. And I also ended up bartering a lot of my other ammo just for the armor-piercing ammo. Because I felt like that was the most, <laughs> most handy of them all. Because I had socks to do the status effects. Uh, so anything else, I just traded for armor and always tried to keep a bunch of those on hand at any given time. Um, I might have forgot they existed after the first chapter, so I just never used any ammo. Yes, I mean, once you kind of max out everything, you really don't need a lot of the parts. So you could just kind of keep trading mm -hmm. for that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it helped that I played through the game like four times, so I had a lot of stuff. Um and then the, the final question, which uh, is kind of an obvious question. I probably know the answers, but uh, are you guys going to buy the sequel? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Will I be playing it immediately, though, uh, since I had just beaten the original a week ago? It can be problematic to play a direct sequel right after playing through 30 hours of a game because it feels a little bit less fun i find so i might wait a bit i mean i'll have to wait till i finish at least some games that i'm currently playing anyway but yes i'll be i won't be playing it right away right away so i i definitely had a con well i have multiple conflicts one the game comes out on my birthday mm -hmm. two the next day is tears of the kingdom which my husband is is getting me for my birthday oh. So it, it's like crap. What am I gonna play? I, I know I could probably blow through Figure Two in like a week, but then my husband's gonna get ahead of me in Tears of the Kingdom. 
and we're going to be in direct competition. And I don't want him to get ahead. <laughs> so I don't oh, know. Dear. Um, I, I was a little, fr- and and I was frustrated because I thought I was going to fix this by just buying it on st- uh, my Steam Deck instead of the Switch. But then there's save data carryover. So it's like, do I want those extra items or should I just eat it and buy the Steam version and not worry about it? I don't know. I, I'm very, very conflicted. This is such a you first. Probably just problem. buy the Steam version because the the carryover things never are that good. Yeah, Who it's just this? it's just costumes and some extra items and stuff. So you're right. I probably am going to buy the Steam version because um, it it is easier to multi-game if you're playing on different consoles. Yes. There's always that one game, though, where because just because they haven't announced it doesn't mean if you have carryover and it's this type of data or this type of ending, this happens. And like, I want that to happen. Whatever that happens to be, I want it to happen. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. If if that does happen, then I will wait until Fuga 1 goes on sale and then play through that again and then play through the sequel again. <laughs> assuming I have time. Because this is all assuming that I have time and I have no time. I've, I've still got to play through our, our game next year. i still got to finish our game next week and I have exactly a week to do that. Um our, our next game is going to be uh, Yakuza Zero. By the way, that, that's that's what we're doing on the next backtrack. Um, I've been trying to get through this for like a couple of weeks now, and I keep, I keep getting distracted, but not with anything bad. Just Yakuza is very hard to play when you're doing a bunch of stuff in the evening and you only have like two hours, and you know that one of those hours is going to be cutscenes. <laughs> It, it can get a little bit long with the cutscenes. Yeah, the the ones the other night I was doing what you always said, Josh, where you're like just nudge the joystick a little bit just to make sure that the TV doesn't go to black or the controller doesn't turn off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get they get a little excessive at times. <laughs> and and then it doesn't help that I felt like this game kind of had a slow start. Um, and then you know what? Well, we'll we'll get into that to backtrack. Why am I? I'm I'm burning material. Um, so, so you can tune in in two weeks for backtrack. In the meantime, uh, buy Fuga and Fuga Two. Let's make them make a profit for Fuga Two. I I want to see, see that third game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know what the podcast rules are for uh, promoting stuff, but I don't care. But by Fuga, it's a good game. It really mm-hmm. is. Um, I, I I joked about the furries in the in the skit, but it, it's not creepy kind of stuff. You'll you'll be fine. It's it's all cute Saturday morning cartoon goodness with um, a little bit darker subject matter at times. To be fair, mm-hmm. yeah, but you know. The, the the darker subject matter is mature without being edgelord. Yes, and and that's the key the key difference. I don't mind a dark story, as long as it's not edgelord dark. You know, trying to be dark for darkness' sake. I like a good dark story as long as it tells a good story and still has some lighthearted stuff in it too. Um, all that being said, uh, a thank you, Josh and Cassandra and Brian, for showing up. Um, always a pleasure having you guys on. Um, th- thank you, Matt, for hanging around and editing. You're welcome. A- and and thank you, listener, for listening to our wonderful show. We shall see you in a couple of weeks with Yakuza Zero. So uh, ha- have a good rest of your week. Talk to you later.
神てきた」